0: Welcome to episode 796 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right, take team, welcome along to episode. 796 of i Talk for Coach John and Bevan James. I was got the feed out today. Feed out, was wearing the old Birkenstocks in and didn't want to make a mess of your... Wooden floors.
1: Wooden floors. Dreary day in Christchurch at
0: best. And it's normally we be having Cup Day, which is a big, a big racing day in Christchurch. Horsing, horse racing. Horse racing. People get drunk and it's, it's, it's always entertaining. But because of COVID, the horses are racing, but people aren't getting drunk at the races. Yeah. Although I think a lot of places in town are having... Venues are having big days, so I'm mm-hmm. sure there's still going to be a lot of drunk people on Christchurch today. That's John right. and I, we're, we're the healthy kids. That's right. We're the healthy kids. Uh, Iron Talk is proudly brought to you by... We have got our fantastic patron partners. Okay, we'll start with Profile Design hydration,
1: wheels, storage, aero bars, stems, handlebars, and the rest, and you're going to hear a bit more about them
0: later on today. You go profile to, uh, slash uh We've got The Magic 5. Custom fitted swim goggles. Check them out at the themagic5.com. And then World Triathlon
1: Store go to imtalk.me and click on the store and we've got a promo code because Christmas is coming up we'll talk about this a bit more but you can use the promo code AeroSanta and you get 10% off everything uh, up until November 21st so if you're looking to buy some
0: Christmas kit for yourself mm, or for somebody else, good gear. check it out. Yep, very good gear. Also, uh, if you become a patron, if I am talk, you support the show, but you're going to draw to win the prizes from one of our amazing patrons. And let's name a few patrons, Jombo. Sonia, the glue brace girdle, and
1: her partner, Welt who came around here ages ago. I'm not, I haven't seen Sonia racing any, uh, oh, yeah, since, of since sort of COVID kicked in, so not sure if she's still kicking about the pro ranks or not.
0: We've got Scott, the minister, Morrison. From, oh, I'm not sure if Scott's from Australia, but... it's the Prime Minister of Australia right now, so... And
1: Nick Knows Rose, also known as the Admiral, who I saw... He won a race, didn't he? He won his age group at Ironman Portugal, I think it was. He's, pretty, he's uh, a bit of a beast, Nick, is he? So, still chugging away. I think he's in the 50-54 now.
0: Oh, mate, ageing up. Mm. It's nice to age up, isn't it? That's probably the only thing about ageing. You get to age up. That's <laughs> probably <laughs> the only positive thing. How old are you now? You're 46. 45. I'm 45 i 44. That's right. Okay, uh, this week we've got some news. We've got a hot topic of the week. Uh, we've got David Bowden. So, who's David Bowden? We've had him on the show about 10 years ago. I think we've had him on before then. But uh,
1: David Bowden is a bike fitting guru, and just talking about the easy ways to get some
0: some free time when you're out there on the bike. So, actually, a really fascinating interview, isn't it? Yeah. Something inside She is quite fascinating. High five! Uh, on if
1: you're going to do your own little camp, well, it's a bit of insight into epic camp some things the athletes said well some things generic things that most epic camps people need to improve on uh so a few things for you to think about if you're going to do your own sort of multi-day are we getting are we, are we getting a rent today uh No
0: No, uh, no rant They are good kids
1: Suggest- Strong suggestions <laughs> Strong, strong <laughs> hints
0: uh, We're the week uh Questions and answers Okay so What a result of the week In Iron Ironman Florida happened And we were kind of wondering You know Is Gustav in the real deal In Ironman Or can we know he can Smoke it in, in the half uh, Proves This guy is Going to be a threat and so if you didn't see the news, he went
1: 7.42.56, which you'd go, that's pretty fast. Mm. Um, but we've seen lots of people go seven in the 7.40s of late. However, Why was the swim so slow? Well, that's the thing. They had a really rough swim. I didn't really watch any of the coverage. I just uh, flicked it on. And when I flicked it on in the morning, um, Gustav Eden was running along with Lionel Sanders. And then I was out for a mountain bike, got covered in shit. It was like the same as today. I've got a mountain bike route that I do. And it's, Where do you uh, go? Uh, it's on farm tracks and stuff, oh. or bits of it are and there's sh- I'm usually first out there in the morning, it's like six o'clock, and there's just sheep shit everywhere. I came back, I was just covered in shit. <laughs> Literally. Uh, and so when I left, they were, they'd just started the run, and when I got home, Gustave and I think maybe they were 10 miles in or something like that, and uh, that's when he's sort of broken away and he was uh, heading, for, heading for victory. So the swim was really slow because of rough conditions, so the, the top guys are only swimming 57, 58 minutes, so roundabout. Yeah, close to 10 minutes, but I think Torsten said nine minutes slower than average. Okay, Uh, so you
0: take nine minutes off that, it's a 7.31.
1: Yeah, so he rode 405 and ran 2.34.50, which is the fastest run split in the history of Ironman racing. Um, There's a couple that are a fraction quicker, but they've got asterisks next to their names in Torsten's ratings. So 7.42.56, as Bevan said, you take, you know... Even take five minutes or off that, and it's one of the fastest times in history. You take off 10 it's minutes. It's first race. Yeah, you take off 10 minutes, and it's still not as quick as Jan Fredino's tri battle, but it would go down as the second fastest time in history. Pretty sensational. Yeah, um, is he racing
0: March? In May, you mean in St. Oh, George? Oh, May, sorry, yeah, yeah. Uh, he didn't commit to that. No, 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 the Ironman Iron World Champs,
1: where is that? That's in May. And is that in St. George, is it? St. George. Okay, sorry, yep. okay, sorry, yep. Uh, he didn't commit to that. Uh, Does this qualify him for it? Yes it does No does this qualify him for No I
0: don't think it does I don't know I've lost track Because the qualification for May Would have been based on October this year Yeah who knows But was he 70.3 champ last year? Yes So he probably could have He didn't validate I don't know I'm sure they'll give him a slot If he wants one (laughs) Well I want to see him there Don't
1: you? Well, you do. He didn't commit to it when at the finish line, um, but he still seems fairly committed to doing ITU racing. So whether or not he does that, or he holds out till October and racing in Kona, who knows? Wherever he goes,
0: he's going to be pretty fast. It's gutted. Wouldn't see that race a couple of weeks again in California you know, doesn't it? Absolutely You know, like gutting. like how gutting is that? Because that was cream of the crop against like Sanders. It's Kind of the best next guy, well, one of the best next guys? Mm. Um, but there is just a marked difference between like a Sanders and Fredino, mm. I mean, Fredino and Eden and Sanders. Totally. Um, so, how is that? yeah, so it was uh, it looked like he was biding his time
1: again. I didn't watch the coverage, but um, Lionel Sanders had a fantastic swim, uh, came out with those yeah. guys 58 minutes. That's awesome for him, especially given it's rough. Shitty swimmers normally struggle more in the rough conditions, so good on him. Rode a, a awesome bike ride. Uh and but I guess Gustav Eden, again, didn't watch it. You're just biding your time, you're sitting, yeah, you know, you're just watching and and just learning off the experienced guys and then bust it out of a a the Sanders is a poor swimmer
0: and now this is probably maybe one of his best performances we've seen in an man. Um he's always having to chase on the bike. Mm. So he's going into run more fatigue than anybody else, in theory of or at least a good swim bikers. Do you expect that if he can get up to that swim we're gonna see faster runs from Sanders? Or do you think we're seeing the best of Sanders already?
1: Well in this case he ran pretty fast. Two forty, forty two. What, what does I, he normally do? I'd imagine that's as fast as ever run split. Um so in this case it worked worked pretty well for him. Um so that's a sensational performance. Oh yeah. yeah Seven forty eight, you take off a good five to eight minutes off that. Seven forty, one of the fastest times in the history. We know it's a fast course. Um, but you know, for any Sanders detractors, that's Pretty awesome. Um, so, Robert Kalin was a distant third another 20 minutes back. So, awesome racing, Gustav Eden. It's interesting to see where he takes it, whether he keeps his ITU or his world triathlon racing going. Seems to work for him at the moment. um I'd love to see him on May. But the thing is, he's not a top ITU guy. He's very good. He's a top tenor, um, but he's not, a, yeah. and he's never going to be a consistent winner. But, you know, some guys just love doing that format of racing,
0: so we'll, we'll wait and see. Well, and let's be honest, what's really interesting... Let's okay. not be honest, let's lie. Okay, I'm going to lie. <laughs> um, this is probably not a fair comparison, actually, because I was going to say, you know, back in the Melina and Alan and Scott kind of days, they all raced everything, and they all kind of won everything, hmm. you know, and we never really thought we'd see that again. Now, Eden's not winning at that level, but he's competitive in the ITU, um, but he's pretty much pretty dominant in 70.3 and now in Ironman. Mm. Um, he is kind of the complete athlete, isn't he? Well,
1: Blumenfeld's the one where we don't know what he's like in really Ironman. at Ironman. And he's done a couple of 70.3s, but he, he's the one where you go, maybe you can almost do it at all distances. But now,
0: where's 70.3s he won? Uh,
1: he's won in Middle East. He won a, yep. a pretty sensational fast time there. And then he did not He did 70.3 Worlds a couple of times. I think he's DNF now. Pulled out, he he, I know he pulled out of the recent ones, so and he was going to do October. So, do we know if he's doing, mate? He's doing, uh, I think Cozumel, I think it is, in in a few weeks' time. So, interesting to see how he goes.
0: How could it be here, Bloomfield, Eden, and then you know, Frodo and and the rock stars Mm. we already have? That'd be awesome, equally awesome, not quite Heather Jackson.
1: I'd, I'd, I'd written her off. Oh, wait a second, who got third? And uh, no, I mentioned third. Okay, did
0: you? Uh yeah, I have when I saw the results, I was like, wow, that's awesome because she's she had a couple of great corners. mm mm-hmm.
2: know, She and wins races. Yeah, but she's the
0: real deal, but she just kind of in that last moment she's kind of fell away a little bit. Yeah. But so this is a great performance. She did awesome. And the the, the females
1: sometimes uh you know, again, ten minutes slower, she swam a one ten and still managed to go an eight fifty two, fifty six. Awesome work. Rode a 4.37, sub three hours on the run, 2.59.27. She was certainly not in the lead early on. She had to run her way up to the lead. Um, Imogene, Imogene Simons um, was leading and she detonated on the run <laughs> right around a 3.27 to drop all the way down to sixth place. Um, but this is a quality field. You've got Heather Jackson, Sky Monch in second place with a solid 8.56, Laura Zimmerman, Jocelyn McCauley, Hannah Wells, and Imogene Simons. Uh, yeah. That's a decent field so you're always going to have one or two athletes that maybe have average days but when Heather Jackson's beating all those athletes it shows that she just had been going through a bit of a shitty period and um, she's kind of still still got it which is that's um, a it's a great run we look at the time comparisons to the boys you know they're an hour and ten minutes slower um, but still I, I think it's a, a pretty solid result
0: and it would be nice for her because the last moment like she pulled out of the Collins, Collins Cup, Cup. Uh, she,
1: you know, she got beaten and placid. Uh, sort yeah. of exploded a bit there. So,
0: and Sky Monch has been one of the form athletes this year. So, and Hannah Wells, card. as much as her first time racing in America, she's won every race she's done up to this point. So, you know, yeah. she's a real deal as well. Uh, course accuracy. So you're saying it's pretty, pretty accurate. Yeah, I did. I had a look at Gustav Eden's. I quickly looked at his file and
1: looked at someone else. I think it was Arno Gilio, who was uh, where did he finish? He finished in fourth place. Looked at their files, and Gustav Eden got 178.8 kilometers on the bike, so a fraction short. But he, who knows when he started his watch? The other fella had 180 k's, so bang on. And both their run splits were over 42 kilometers, so that's certainly within the margin of error uh, when it comes to you know your watch time versus the um where the, the race times start from yeah, so totally. good on uh i florida for having an accurate course
0: not much is coming up this weekend but we do have john's itu update abu Dhabi happened over the weekend what happened well bevan
1: uh, i got on logged onto my triathlon account so get on there people it's you know even it's the end of the season now a lot of you guys are going to winter but there's just so much content on there where you can go in and uh, what check pay? it away Uh, you pay $51.99 New Zealand. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It's awesome. There's so much content on there. So if you're staring down the barrel of a big winter of indoor training, you can go back and you can watch World Champs from like 1988 uh, all the way through. There's just so much content on there. Got on there and uh, I didn't know that I managed to not know the result and I thought I'd watch the men's race before I'd seen any social media because it was on in the middle of the night um, New Zealand time. And Hayden Wilde, I'm thinking, he's got a good chance here. Was he in the game? He had a shitty swim. He's a beast on the bike. He, he was like in about the fourth group. There was these groups of sort of 10, and he sort of leapfrogged them. And in no time, he was in the front group. Nice. Uh, and you would say nice. he blew up. I'm thinking, this is great. <laughs> going into the run. It ended up, the boys' race all came together, I think, on the bike. Uh, going into the run, and you're thinking, oh, he's still got a good chance here. There's some good runners here, but he's, he's an yeah, he's yeah. Olympic medalist. He's a good runner. And he's just looking comfortable on the run. He's at the front. And I'm thinking, yeah, he's, he's the at least on the podium. Give him a taste. They did a shot back to the mid-packers just to sort of see, see where they are. Came back to the leaders. There was like five or six of them in the lead. And then one had disappeared. And I was like, they literally changed camera angles for a few seconds. Came back. Hayden Wild has exploded. Oh, really? And boom, out the back door like chronically. Uh, to his credit... He held it together for 8th place, but he detonated. I've never seen anything like <laughs> really? it. You see people fade, he just disappeared. <laughs> Where's he gone? He lost like 30 to 50 metres in no time. So credit to him for carrying on. Um, Yellow Greens ended up taking it out with a good surge um, sort of mid-late run in front of Vincent Louis and Vincent Bisak. Uh, so it was yeah, it came down to a running race for the boys. Uh, Hayden Wilde, it should be said, that he didn't arrive until... The day before, he had all travel challenges, okay. and then he had uh, a jellyfish sting in the warm up. Apparently, the water was like thirty-one degrees or something. Well, it's been really? disgusting to swim in the water that hot.
0: Yeah, that's not good at all. Um, Flora Duffy still rocking it. Oh man,
1: she's just awesome. She's, she's thirty-four. She's still gone and just in a class of her own. She's she's against all the best runners there. Well, pretty much all of them. And she can she can she's the best biker and she's showing now she's the best runner she's all consistently one of the better swimmers as well so she's just a rock star like now, a f- have we seen
0: an athlete of her age still be this good
2: mm,
1: don't think so 34 not in this sort of current you know
0: none yeah sort of
1: current generation no so she's you know because
0: you a, know we, we think age you lose speed mm. she's she's super Bowl. and
1: this is sprint distance as well yeah. not olympics so she crushed it Long season though, so some of these people, like Georgia Taylor Brown, who finished second, she said she was going to be happy with the top ten. It's just been such a long season. Uh, I said this last week. I said I don't know how many of these top uh, the GB athletes are going to get in the top ten, but there was one, two, three, four, five, six of the top ten were G Great Britain, and Lucy Charles was in twelfth. Comment on Lucy Charles. Hats off to her. She wasn't leading out of the swim, but she was with the lead group. She fought to stay with them. Quite a technical course with lots of twists and turns. She got dropped. She fought her way back on, got dropped again, and then she solo TT the rest of the way. Didn't get caught by the next group uh, and still managed to hang on to 12th. So once she can swim. Was it worth just sitting up? Sorry? Well. Yes and no. She, she, the, the difference, she probably saved a couple of places by not sitting up potentially. You, you could it's, sort it's of go, well, yeah, you save energy. might have run 15 seconds quicker. But anyway, whatever, She, hats off to her for uh, sticking with it. She's, she looks like she's getting a bit better. Um, but, and, and on a non-technical course, she'll be able to stay with the group and her run's competitive. She's not going to be winning. But her problem is she's in the GBR team. But, but what's her objective? Go to the Olympics. Oh, she's trying to get to the Olympics, mm. is she?
0: Because mm. oh. I was kind of wondering, is this good for Ironman? I don't think it's going to be harming your Ironman at all, doing okay. this, this speed work. Uh,
1: and I'd say if you were any other country, go for it. But bloody hell, it's going to be pretty hard bit, to make it. it.
0: That, that's a bit of an odd one. Not a one, because you could probably do all careers at this moment. But it's a bit of like uh, it was Jorgensen who went to running. Mm. Yeah. And you kind of go, mate. You've got to work it on thing career in front of you. Yeah. Why, why are you chasing this? Where best case you could just get to participate at the Olympics. You're like, she's never gonna be a contender. If uh, she can really improve her biking, she, uh, she Do you really think she could be an Olympic medalist?
1: Potentially, yeah. Okay. Because but but it would depend on getting in a breakaway and staying in a breakaway. Her power on the bike is amazing. And if it wasn't a technical course and she got away with two or three others, her run is competitive enough with those similar peop- similar athletes like if I take a um, Jess Learmonth who is a beast swimmer and often goes in breakaways, her run time was only 10 seconds difference and Lucy Charles showed when she did the, the World Triathlon Series in Leeds earlier in the year that she's as good as any of the okay. sort of just slightly second tier runners. She's not in the same league as Florida Fee, Georgia Taylor Brown and, and the like but the next crew down, she's competitive. Question... Um, do we know the course for
0: the Paris? No, but
1: they they're getting they, they tend to be making courses more and more technical. So
0: so even not, not as even if it's flat, they're still going to do lots of turns and stuff mm. to make it kind of mix yep. it up a little bit. Okay, this week's discussion, guys. So last week we were kind of we got an email through from someone asking they they had to give up mountain biking because they was just they're getting injured all the time and it was hurting their triathlon career. So the question was, what have you given up for triathlon? Could be another sport, hobby, anything else in your life. Uh, so a uh, few few people were trying to be funny on funny on
1: here, which is all, all good. But so I've got a few quick fire ones. Scott Markham said hairy legs. Uh, Gildas Dubois said toenails. Nick Rose. Two marriages. Bloody hell, are you onto
0: your third or are you <laughs> talking? Like You've just given up. one? You, when, you, when you propose for the third time, does she go, eh, I'm not yeah, quite yeah, sure? I love your record. <laughs> ain't looking too sharp. I, don't I can trust you on this one. Pedro,
1: uh, uh, James Thomas gave, gave up weight. Uh, and I'll do one more before I hand over to Bevan. Lucy Francis, going to nightclubs and getting drunk. I don't miss it though. It was a blessing in disguise.
0: That's something I don't do that often. Can't why anymore, I don't eh? drink at all, but uh, can't last time I went to a nightclub. Volker voigt has got the hope—the uh, hope to be good at swimming. One race, one swim, thirty-seven minutes done. So that's one for him. Robertson Dennis, uh, and this
1: is one that a few people might relate to: downhill skiing. We have got a, an athlete in our junior academy program down here, and she buggered her knee ACL sort of uh, uh, with skiing. She's, got,
0: she's on the comeback, but skiing is one that. Does uh, can curtail your triathlon a bit. i do a couple here. Nathan Spain's got late nights out. Um, Michelle Van uh, Deventer has got cheeseburgers. Steve Sutherland, I give, I've given up almost all surfing. It used to be my go-to daily activity until the triathlon bug hit hard. Oh, here we go. Here's a couple. Actually, okay, John weird he used to have a lot of money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Quite a few people have said that. Well, I have to admit, when I gave up meant two things happened, and I used to get a lot of stuff kind of free anyway, but you definitely noticed the money difference. Mm-hmm. And you notice your fuel bill dropping. Fuel, fuel no, your bill? Food, but food bill. Food bill, right. Massively drop. <laughs> Massively. Um, Amanda Goings has got, um, I, I gave up attending two weddings because fell, they fell on days I'd already committed to and signed up for and started training for a triathlon race. Kind of look back now, years on, and I think it was the right choice, but I was so invested in the sport uh, at the time, and I'd already booked flights, accommodation, and paid for the race entries. So it would have been out of pocket a lot to have not if I had not booked the flights for the wedding. And so it is a tricky one.
1: If it was a best made of something you'd you probably gotta, change you plans, to mate, But if it was just a uh, random, a random, or a spectator, yeah, good, good friend. you. You only just make the list. Yeah, uh, you go. <laughs> I love a uh, wedding, but. Joel Bell says, nothing I can think of. It's just part of my lifestyle. So, no significant sacrifices. In fact, if I wasn't training consistently pretty much year round, I'd need to cut back on beer, ice cream, chocolate, gummy bears, and uh, wing. What are wing intakes? Winge intakes. Xavier Cockpot says,
0: uh, Joel Bell, best comment. It's not a sacrifice, it's a lifestyle choice. There we go. Patrick Walkington's got racing track day cars. Mm. Uh, sold eleven years ago and bought a new TT bike and have never looked back. Gareth Ridley's got PlayStation. Oh yeah, Are you a gamer? Do you ever play games? Uh, we've got a, a Xbox recently,
1: but do you play it? Uh, very infrequently, just yep. a little bit of F1 racing with the kids. But do boring. you beat them? No, they're Miles better than me. Mm. uh Jonathan Tyndall, I gave up CrossFit and sleeping. 4am is standard wake-up time now. I get 60 to 90 minutes in um, before waking up the kids, and I go to work as
0: a teacher. Joe Combs got, I gave up a, a vet, then a career as a vet, then as a lecturer, but I don't regret it for a second. Oh. Yeah. Last one I'll do. Uh, Rob D-
1: Dalymore, still in lockdown in Auckland. I haven't been snowboarding since my first Ironman in 2003.
0: This one might take the cake, because this is not a good one. Skiing Smith O.V., which is kind of a strange name. Recently, I missed the mother-in-law's funeral for a cancelled Man. Oh, no. Oh, that's
2: not good.
0: Oh, dear. That is not good.
1: hope oh. you're not going down Nick Rose's path. The third marriage.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: uh, there we go. Okay, uh, John, what have you given up for Trithon? a great deal that I can think of. There's a few th- opportunity
1: costs of things that I'd maybe like to do. You know, probably a little bit more travel. But then on the flip side of that, we go travelling for races that we wouldn't do otherwise. So yeah. you kind of go, well, maybe I miss out on that. Um, and you travel
0: for your Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Be yeah, probably just a few other things that I'd like to take up. Like I, I want to learn how to surf. And then oh, do Yeah. And probably play a little bit more golf. Probably the two things that I'd like to do, but I'm not. I'm not losing when, a when, sleep when, over it. When, when you golf. I love a bit of golf Yeah yeah, but I Are play, you any good? Um, that's a pretty
0: wide spectrum Yeah no, But like if you were going to go around Let's say a par What's about 70 in a golf course Isn't it 60. Oh
1: I'm pretty random on that Like if I if I, I, Me playing 18 holes Is very very rare I'm just pitching for a par If I can get a par anywhere Yep I'm happy I did the
0: chip and, You know the Hamlin's got the little chip and putt Pitch and putt Yeah it's yep. really, Have you done that? Uh, not at Hamna but yeah I highly recommend It's a good day out But um, i got a couple of birdies There's nothing better than When you've
1: got a big driver out And you whack the shit out of it <laughs> And it goes straight down the fairway
0: And you're on your way That's a pretty good feeling so My biggest like sacrifice that. for a Triathlon was music mm-hmm. So when I Because I played guitar I started guitar when I was about 18 For a few years And I was really into it And then I started playing piano around <laughs> oh, Sorry to interrupt Bevan's changed my post for this week Oh, you've got to like it, but don't you? You've got to like on, it. sorry, carry on. Um, so I gave up, yeah, I, gave up, I, I stopped playing. I kind of moved on to piano by the stage. And I'd only been playing piano for about 18 months before I started triathlon. And I just didn't have time. And hmm. um, and it was always that thing. You know in life you've got that thing, sometimes where you just got that thing of, I wish I had more time to do that thing. Hmm. And while I did triathlon, I just really missed music because it's hmm. just a nice thing to have in my life. And... Um, you know, so then as soon as I gave up triathlon, or gave a Pine me at least, um, it was kind of like a game time to bring music back in. Mm. And that's the nice thing is, for some people, triathlon is going to be, for me, triathlon was kind of a moment in my life, like, mm. whereas you're, you're a bit more of a lifer. Mm. Um, and so you you will go back to those things that, you know, that at this moment may not be available, but, you know, music's way more into my life than what triathlon is now. So, okay, this week's question. So what John had, John had, if you had $100 to wager on Fredino versus Eden, over a half Ironman distance race, who would you pick or what or what about an Ironman distance? Well, I said if you had a million dollars. <laughs> Winner
1: takes all. So. Because the
0: stakes is a lot higher than yeah. a million dollars. If you yeah. had a million dollars and you, you got your million bucks, for the, who won? Mm. Do you, I? So for both 70.3 and, and Ironman. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: It's yeah. a bit more serious when it's
0: a million dollars. Yeah, I know. That's... <laughs> Oh, your first child. You know,
1: so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or another marriage. You've got to give up your marriage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some people are so, like, I want them I'm, to lose. I want to lose. <laughs> 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 Not us. We're very happy
0: in our relationships. Okay, oh, yeah, John,
1: we've got a sponsor. Yes, yeah, so um we've got our team at the World Triathlon store who make our Am Talk gear. Uh they've got a promo code coming up for you guys. So it's it's live now, Aero Center. And if you want to go Ooh. on to our store, order any I am talk kit, you get ten percent off. Uh, so check get it out, you need to order before November 21st if you want to have it by Christmas time uh, and also uh, if you want to become a patron of IM Talk um, we'll be doing some prize draws where you can win a $200 voucher uh, or get a $200 refund so what we mean there is if you go and order a bunch of stuff um, now and if you end up being a patron and winning that prize you'll get a refund on a purchase that you've made so get on to IMTalk.me uh, click on our store button and you use this promo code Aerosanta Well I think
0: one thing is John, do you get the phone call about this time of year saying what do you want for Christmas
2: yeah
1: well the question be. yeah
0: you know Joe's already pulled that one out to me yes what do you want for Christmas my first answer is I don't know mm-hmm. but let's be honest a lot of people probably want some of this gear but it yeah. you know mm-hmm. so if you might say to your you know say to your friends and family or your loved ones who whoever buys your presents uh, you know what I'd really love some cool kit from a place like this even if you get me a voucher or put money towards some gear then you can use that discount code and you can you know, get some cool gear and hit 2022 Looking sharp, feeling sharp. I can blunder a suggestion for the kids' present for me for Christmas. What's this? A frisbee. It's a
1: pretty easy present. To I get. know, but I want two frisbees. I want a, f- a good frisbee for the beach because a <laughs> shit frisbee. Have you got? Have you got? Have you got a Nerf? A Nerf? No. The throwing balls? No. Oh, they're you gold. Get one of those too. Yeah, I've got one of those. They're very. Well, blunder if you're listening. Another suggestion. That is. That is. Oh, she always listens. <laughs> um, I love my But I want to get a frisbee as well. For, uh, I saw the, the Mountain Snail and his wife did a bit of the frisbee golf down in Queensland oh, yeah. after yeah. camp. Yeah.
0: I want, I've never given that a go. I'd love to give that a go. Okay. You, it's a golf theme today. Maybe you should get like a golf's head as well. What are the mm-hmm. pants they wear? You know, with the like, three quarters and have the socks up? Are they jumpers or yeah, something, like that. something like that? What was it? Yeah. So you said two suggestions. Speaking of pants,
1: here we go. I know we'll do that later on. Remind me to talk about pants. Okay, later I'm on. looking forward
0: to the pants story. Okay, John, we've we'll got an
1: interview. We have uh, brought to you by Profile Design, David Bowden, who is going to talk about getting fast on the bike.
0: Here we go. Here's David right now. Righto,
1: team. Uh, well, today we've got David Bowden on the show. You've heard from him before, but he's a, he's a speedy athlete in his own right. He's a bike fitter and developed his own bike fitting system he's one of the cogs behind the research and development at profile design and he also gets his hands dirty with with coaching so he wants he's got a, a fairly strong interest in making sure athletes are you know doing everything they can to get from position a to position b as quick as possible so welcome back to the show david
3: thanks i think the last time was more than a decade ago it's, it's been oh, a while really? can't but have been that still at it <laughs> yeah God,
1: we have been going for more than 15 years now. So yeah. um, we're going to talk today a bit, a, bit, a bit about, you know, getting the best bang for your buck in terms of getting fast on your bike, because that's David's area of, of expertise. Um, just before we started recording, we had just having a quick conversation around aero bars and things like that. And I sort of said, oh, you know, a lot of the time, Every everyone, everyone's got aero bars, they're on TT bikes. Um, but I was sort of sharing some examples of, you know, people that I've coached in the past, and and I've assumed they've got you know aero bars on their bikes, and they haven't. Um, so you you just shared a bit of a stat from sort of over in Taiwan or somewhere around there that um, the, the numbers of people that have full TT rigs is you know probably a little bit lower than what we might anticipate.
3: Well, it's a case where those of us who are fairly well embedded in the sport make assumptions that. Everybody knows how to train, eat, set up their equipment. But for a new athlete or someone who is doing this recreationally and they don't delve into those details because it's not that exciting to them, when you're looking at a field of 4,000 people where there are a couple of thousand that are just on road bikes with no arrow bars, those are the people for whom the... Uh, first steps of gaining speed can make quite a difference especially if you've got a new athlete who's on the cusp of making a time cut or not knowing that putting aero bars onto your road bike and this is based on a few different studies generally makes a difference of around 14 percent so if we are looking at using six hour and I, I know I just said if we are talking about making time cuts but I usually base my comparisons on six hours because it's kind of a middle point, but that's 16 minutes Mm. and that increases if you are uh, not going so fast because you're out there for longer to gain the benefits. So there's a significant gain to be had by fitting error bars. Now, if you don't fit them, if you don't adjust your position to use them well, it can make life less comfortable. And that's where bike fitters come in. But there's a significant gain to be had from being able to relax into a more aerodynamic position. If you're fighting to stay in a the position, then it won't help you. But if you can set up to relax into it, and that's what I've really worked at for profile design is making armrests that are more comfortable and aero bars that give wider adjustment range because getting the body into the best position is absolutely the first step. When you're looking at 16 minutes for the sake of a, $250 New Zealand uh, dollars, that is, set of error bars, that stacks up extremely well against anything else. And then you go on to starting to optimize things. But when we look at the the very high end between top-end error bars, you are only talking one to two minutes advantage between a fairly basic triathlon setup and the best of the best so the first game as with many things the, the first step is the one that gives you the most return
1: mm. so w- with regards to aerobar setup you know we see a lot of the pros now going into that sort of praying mantis type position with their hands much more up in front of their face so I guess two questions there for for your average age grouper is that a realistic position to be holding from a from a comfort sort of I don't know, and maybe safety point of view in terms of their ability to move around the bike and how much difference does it make between, say, a more classical type position?
3: That's something, in terms of the aerodynamics, that's highly individual. Uh, For general guidance, I had a software business that uh, made 3D bike fit technology that we sold out of last year and what I would do there, and that's how I still do bike fitting now, is combine the biomechanical data from the slide on analysis with a frontal area measurement. And generally what I'd find is that tilting the arms a little bit would help the rider relax their shoulders and head to drop those lower. Mm. So for me, the advantage to tilting the bars up a bit, because generally I wind up in the 10 to 15 degree range, which you wouldn't really call the praying mantis style just, okay, I can see your hands are a little bit higher than your elbows, but it's, it's not extreme. Because for a lot of people, once they start getting really high, it can test well at certain angles of wind, but not so well at others. And you don't, without testing, rigorous testing, you don't want to be making any conclusions for yourself based on what anyone else is doing. Mm. But in general, I find that tipping the bars up a bit allows the rider to brace themselves on the aero bars more. They get better contact with the armrest. And the whole point is being able to relax your upper body into the position and drop your head down because your head is not aero. And that, the, dropping your head is truly free speed because when we're talking about equipment you can buy that has a cost attached to it, yet it has a gain, but if you can learn to drop your head a bit, that will usually in a third session outweigh or at least match all of the other tweaks that we can make to the position.
0: Just when you know when people introduce aero bars into their training, it is, it's quite a massive shift in body position. So what's your recommendation around the kind of time spent in aero position versus just your normal riding position as you're kind of transitioning to doing longer periods of training in the, in the aero position?
3: I'm in that position at the moment myself, okay. having dusted off the tri bike and found the parts that I'd robbed off it and put them back on. It's decided to start riding it once a week again. And I'm just trying to do a few minutes at a time and then I sit up and rest from it and then go back down and slowly recondition it myself to it. One of my athletes is doing the same sort of thing because when you get out of the habit, it's it does require training to get back into it, mm. especially uh, the muscles in your neck and shoulders, because your head, the weight of your head is out in front of your body. So mm. it requires a lot more support. And also if you've got, if, if your position is based on when you were fitter, uh, sometimes it can be a little bit of a strain readapting to it. So give a bit of arm pain and shoulder pain, perhaps. And just have to remind yourself that this position is comfortable. You've just fallen out of it. But that's that's the experienced athlete coming back. For most people, they'd be trying to have the position really comfortable when they start into it. And as they adapt, then you start looking at tweaking the position to achieve better speed.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, another area people can buy themselves uh, a little bit of time is, is with clothing you know when it comes to racing clearly you don't want to be out there wearing a, uh, a flappy jacket um, that's going to be just acting like a, a parachute um, what's your sort of general advice on you know good bang for buck when it comes to, to clothing
3: tight it's really extremely simple and that's that's something we test in the wind tunnel once and that was from a uh, baggy top to one that still had wrinkles that wasn't really form-fitted and the change there outweighed buying flash helmet buying flash arrow bars buying flash wheels combined so you really really don't want to be taking something baggy to your big race and it's advice that I give my athletes if we're looking at you know Ironman zero and off and starts out a little bit chilly in the morning Mm, so you need to have worked out what warm kit have i got that is tight fitting and if you're preparing for well it could be raining it could be miserable have i got waterproof kit that's tight or what's my fallback to deal with the possible conditions where i'm not going to give away a heap of speed because a lot of people they they turn up oh the weather's a bit cold a bit wet And they throw on their big heavy jacket and that gives away a lot of time Mm. so you really want to have thought through those options if you're doing a race somewhere hot then it just comes down to picking light colors and not having wrinkles in your kit the the flash fabrics do make a difference but primarily with clothing it's having the right cut that doesn't create wrinkles
0: Nice, no, isn't it? You know, like it kind of makes sense, but you, the, the, the effect is bigger than maybe what I would have thought.
3: It's been, if you look at uh, the advances in pursuit times and track racing and in time trial times, a lot of that's come down to clothing. Equipment hasn't got a great deal better really? in the wow. past couple wow. of decades, but clothing has made a pretty significant difference. If you look at the cycling skin suits, where you'll always see the riders walking around with the zips undone. That's because they're made so that they're so tight when the zip's up that you can't stand upright.
2: Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. that's
3: what you're looking for in terms of tightness. Is you you can only sit on a bike wearing these clothes. You don't do anything else with them.
0: Do we see. We don't really see that, now man. Do we?
3: Well, you do need to stand up and run. Yeah, so, but well, I mean, even on the bike,
0: that I, yeah, I suppose there's no equipment that they like. Would it be worth? putting a bike top on that would put you in that position for the bike that you quickly whip off in transition.
3: So there are solutions like that. Castelli makes some um, aero jerseys that offer quite good advantages. They also do a suit where the it's a skin suit, but there are flaps on the front so that when you stand up, a, a gap forms. It doesn't expose skin, but a gap forms so you can stand freely. So... There are some super suits for triathlon that do make a difference.
2: Mm.
1: Nice. Um, Tires is an area, you know, again, when I started triathlon back in bloody the dark ages, you know, you would pump the tires, the shit out of your tires, and you'd have a a really thin tire, but things have changed there. So bang for buck when it comes to sort of tire choices. Um, And I know this is probably could be a a whole one hour podcast talking about widths and things like that, but just some generic sort of advice around uh, tires.
3: If you want the, the long podcasts about it, you go to the Silka website because they've put a lot of effort into it. Uh, but as a general rule, tyres are one of the most significant equipment choices. And for those of us in New Zealand where the road quality is, let's just say poor, yep. <laughs> tyres make a very big difference. And then if you are a larger athlete like myself, tires again make a bigger difference because you are pushing down on them a bit harder. But for I'm at New Zealand, the difference between a decent tire and a great tire can be eight to 10 minutes. Really? Uh, wow. You take a couple of minutes off that for a, a smoother overseas course. And that was, that was for a 70 kilo rider that I did that calculation. Then choice of tubes, latex tubes can make four or five minutes difference for and New Zealand again take a couple of minutes off that for a smooth overseas course but the new generation of tubeless tyres are now starting to get to the point where they are faster than a classic clincher with a latex tube but that's for that's people who are out there spending to have the very latest and greatest of equipment to have the new tubeless wheels and use the fastest new tires, but the wheels that more of us will have sitting around that are normal clinches, they're a top-end tire with a latex tube on a set of those, and you're not actually losing anything to the new generation tires. We're not losing anything appreciable. Of course, you can always measure differences in a lab, but in, in the real world, it becomes down to fairly small margins. In terms but, of
1: tire pressure, you know, say Ironman, comparing say Ironman New Zealand with a a course where the the roads are nice and smooth, maybe Kona or or somewhere where they've just got you know really fast surface. You know, what sort of pressures are we talking New Zealand versus a smooth course?
3: Probably ten to fifteen psi higher for the smooth courses. Mm-hmm. So that I used to put in my reports for local athletes a tyre pressure guide because I was asking people what they were pumping their tyres to and I'd have small athletes saying 120 PSI and Mm. I would go for 95 on older skinny tyres for Ironman New Zealand and now that's come down as tyres have got wider and my race weight is still over 90 kilos so my tyre pressure is significantly higher than anyone else
1: mm. nice um and yeah just going down to Well, oh, this is a big topic here frames frames and um bars and, and wheels and I know that, again that could be like a one hour sort of podcast there but you know if, if you're trying to make if you've already got your bike and you kind of set on that, you know, again, trying to get the best bang for your buck in terms of any little adjustments there. So what's some, some sort of general advice around, you know, bars and, and wheels and things like that?
3: Well, the thing is that the differences between frames and wheels are relatively tiny, especially in comparison to the cost. I did some wind tunnel testing a couple of years back with a bunch of different wheels in a bike. And the difference between the fastest and slowest, these are all carbon wheels. So the the shallowest were around 50 millimeters. And the the fastest setup was a 90 millimeter on the front and a disc on the back, which is what everyone would look at and think, well, that's going to be the fastest setup. We're still only talking 20 to 40 seconds across the full spectrum of wheels that I tested over an Ironman. Mm -hmm. And these are expensive choices. Then frame selection. Generally, we're looking at maybe two to four minutes over an Ironman from the lower end frames up to the high end. That's it, it gets clouded by whether you separate out the proprietary bar systems on the top end bikes versus low end bikes. But so the as I mentioned before. High end bars, there's still less than two minutes advantage to be had there. So, in the context of we've talked about tyres, can be several minutes between a good tyre and a great tyre, and cube choice again, several minutes. The expense of changing your frame, if you've already got a decent frame that's been made in the last decade. 15 years even, back to when the P3C first came out, the Cervelo P3C. There haven't been massive advances since then. So if you're changing your bike, it's because either you just really want to or you can get a different position or you think that being able to fit wider tyres will significantly improve the comfort. Now, there are good reasons to change, but a lot of people fool themselves that there's a, a big speed advantage to be had from a new frame or from new wheels so where we we need to look is at what are the small decisions that people make that throw things out so bottle on the frame is usually going to be in the order of a minute penalty versus if you just get the most basic profile design have the hc mount that puts the bottle up between the bars that's usually roughly aerodynamically neutral i've had tested athletes where it's been faster because of the way it's changed the airflow around their arms so that's a, a cheap item that makes a big difference and when we're looking at that choice of bottle location where you put your 15 to 30 dollar bottle cage makes more of a difference than spending a few extra thousand on the frame in a lot of cases then you go on to the next step what do you, what if you use a more sophisticated hydration system that has mounts and straws and things the between the arms ones usually adding straws and the computer mount will make it slower because you're blocking the wind a bit more but you're weighing it up against will you hold position better if you're just drinking from a straw rather than pulling a bottle out and drinking from it so that one's a a large scale analysis that's not so easy to do just in a wind tunnel session. Then from the profile design perspective, the HSF area bottle, that one that clips onto the stem and sits in front of the frame, that's going to be in the order of three to four minutes for most people. Now, that's quite a lot more expensive than just a basic HC mount system. But if you're looking at buying speed, then that st- stacks up extremely well against nearly anything else on my list of things to do. So that's that's a product that has been refined over time. And it's definitely a direction that I'm taking the design path that I want to separate out your hydration setup from your bar setup because you're starting to see more error bars that hug the arm in the market. And it's going to make it very hard to mount a bottle across the arrow bars mm. at the high end. It will be a, a while before that trickles down. So for most people, still uh, the classic systems work extremely well. But as we move away from having round extensions, it's going to become harder and harder to use a bottle between the arms. And therefore, I want to keep using the bottle to shield the frame and enhance the overall aerodynamics.
2: Mm, nice.
1: Well, one, one area that I, I missed was just around helmets. And in New Zealand, we've got a fairly moderate climate and you can, you know, it's not crazy hot, but for a lot of the overseas races, you know, Kona, plenty of places in North America and plenty of places in Europe, you know, it's baking hot. So, you know, a lot of the aero helmets we see out there have not got a great amount of venting. So I guess maybe compare, you know, a fairly decent sort of um, standard helmet um, compared to an aero helmet? And if you go for one that's got good venting, and there doesn't seem to be that many, um, what's the sort of cost of, of trying to get vents versus aerodynamics?
3: Helmets are one of those things that are, again, highly individual. I've done internal testing where the results were completely reversed from one rider to the next, And if you had bought the most expensive helmet, which at that time was $900, I think we've surpassed that now, then you'd be quite disappointed if that was the (laughs) slowest for you. Fortunately, in that case, the guy who had bought that helmet, it turned out to be the fastest for him and he had his choices validated, which was a great relief. We then (laughs) borrowed that helmet to test on the next person for going off to the pinnacle event. And it would have been a very poor choice for her to take to the Commonwealth Games. So it was a good thing that we were able to borrow it rather than buy it. For myself, I went out and did some testing once with my standard road helmet and then an aero road helmet and a couple of different models of full TT helmet. And the advantage of the aero road helmet was six minutes over an Ironman and the full TT helmets were seven minutes. And that that was the original Giro air attack helmet, the one that looked like the bowling ball. Mm. They've come some way since then. So what I advise for most people is that an aero road helmet is generally going to be the better choice because you've got better ventilation. You've got a good aero advantage over a standard helmet. But what doesn't get accounted for is position degradation. So when you look at full TT helmet they tend to be quite heavy and that strains your neck more over time I've had some riders that are very sensitive to the weight of the helmet where you know when I first encountered it, it was actually with my wife and tried a different helmet on and she was significantly faster with it and I'd expected maybe a little bit but far outweighed anything that I could pick from the shape and I weighed the helmets and there was 150 gram difference went out and took photos of her riding and realized the lighter helmet let her hold her head down lower because she wasn't fighting the weight of it. And that was focusing on 25K TTs. So when we're talking about Ironman distances, then that weight factor starts to add up over time. And without testing individually over the full distance, you'll never actually know, but it's a a reasonable assumption that picking a lighter, better ventilated helmet is going to workout being overall faster for a lot of athletes but definitely helmets are an extremely high value spend because for a couple of hundred dollars you're getting the same sort of value as thousands of dollars on frame or wheels
2: Mm. nice you know
0: you you, obviously the detail you look at these things are pretty important especially if it's for like real top-end athletes You know, you've got your your basic gains every day if you can get. But what are some of the common faults you're seeing top pros? Do you see the top pros and think, geez, they're making some pretty basic mistakes around their setups? Or around, you know, what we've talked about today?
3: So this was a question that came up recently talking with a friend about the improvement in times over the years. Yeah. And so for Fuzzies, I went back and looked at Norman Startler's setup. By my calculations with the data from aerotesting, testing, because any time that someone releases wind tunnel data, I collect it and digitize it for using forevermore. He was given away about 23 minutes on frame aerodynamics, entire choice. Jeez, really? <laughs> at Kona. Yeah. So oh. that, that would have been a surprise. What, 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 if... what,
0: what, what, do you know what he was riding at that time? He was on that Kua Kyoto. He'd quite no a no no. A lot yeah. of time. What time? What, what, what time did he do? Oh. He was pretty quick back in those uh, days. I oh, know it's probably not today's speed, but
3: yeah. If you if you took off 23 minutes, it would have taken down. him down into a 805 kind of region. Yeah. yeah. I think. So it would have been a surprise if he had gone out and won by that much because he was racing the field that he faced at the time. But there there are instances of pretty significant uh, disadvantages being employed at the top level. You don't see it very much now. As an example, uh, Gustav Eden on the weekend at Ironman Florida, his aerodynamics are peerless. They're, they're like a track pursuiter. Going 405 on 255 watts is quite incredible and that's why he runs so fast is that he's hardly using any energy to get around the bike course. Now, there are people who who accumulate more training stress doing a 70.3 than Gustav Eden doing a full Ironman yeah. ride. So Do that's just, the standard for- that we're getting to.
0: Just for the record, Sadler rode a four eighteen in Kona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then and that was a tough day, wasn't it? Because he rode away. No, that's, that's when he broke the record. So it must yeah. have been the second time he did it. Yeah, yeah. So Gustav
1: yeah. Eden only rode two hundred and fifty five watts. To put that in perspective, I don't, yeah. when I do Ironman, I'm about in good shape, two hundred thirty five watts, and he rode four oh five versus me. I'm probably for, no, on a Florida course, it'd maybe be 4.45 or something like that. So, geez, that's impressive.
3: If you could learn to swim better and get the lead vehicle support, then maybe that would help you ride a little bit faster. Yeah. Because that's, that's a factor that can't be ignored. Yeah, uh, And certainly analysing the changes in his aero drag over the course, because I pulled his data out of Strava, There, you can see that there are times when... He was getting some boost from that. Mm. And you can also see when they, the direction of the wind was, they came around to the turnaround and then just started flying because of that advantage from the wind. So it's, it's by no means a extremely robust analysis, but it is very interesting to look at the impacts in the races where they have a lot of lead vehicles. Yeah. Yes. But that aside, Gustav Eden has incredible aerodynamics. And that's just what the trend we've been seeing for the last few years. I mentioned earlier about taking the bottle off the frame. So that was, that data came from a test that Civello did on a number of different bikes and straight after that, because that included the Trek speed concept, we saw all of the pros that rode treks stop having a bottle on the frame because they just discovered that there was 70 seconds that they were giving away. So That knowledge has been spreading over the last 10 to 15 years, and it's quite rare to see poor choices at the top level now. That's not Mm. to say that there aren't people that couldn't refine things little, but the importance of bike fit and clothing choice and hydration placement is is relatively well known Mm. in the top echelon now.
1: Awesome, Dave. We could probably talk to you for hours on any one of these topics. If if people want to find out a bit more about what you do or is there any websites you particularly recommend people go and check out to to try to optimize their own sort of uh, setup?
3: Well, profile design, of course. I I need to say that you should (laughs) be looking at areas from profile design. Silka is a really good one. We didn't cover it, but the difference between a a basic chain lube, and an optimized chain can be five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of ways that people you know, get really expensive kit, and then they just rely on or whatever the bike shop put on. Just There's a four watt advantage from cleaning the grease that comes in your chain off, because the grease that they're supplied in is packing grease. It's intended to stop them from rusting on the shelf if they're sitting there for 20 years. It's not intended as a lubricant. So there's all sorts of things that you can do for chain prep that don't need to cost a great deal, but they do pay off quite nicely in terms of speed. So Silica have put a lot of information around tire pressure and chain preparation out there. On my speedtheory.co.nz site, I occasionally write articles about this kind of stuff, but it's hard to find the time. Uh not awesome. I can't really think of anyone else who's well there are there are groups who are doing testing like Aerocoach and they'll post up some of their information occasionally. But then if I give too long a list, they start to conflict with each other. <laughs> yes. And it becomes hard hard for the casual observer to distinguish between the validity of different tests. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Now, love your work. It's always yeah, great having you really on. Good insight. And if it was ten years since we last had you on, we're uh, we you're getting a call back uh, a bit, bit sooner. At like least in really. five, you know? five. Okay.
3: Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll try and cut it down a bit for next time. <laughs> yeah. mate? <laughs> Thanks for your time. Thanks for your time. Cool. Thank you.
1: Interesting discussion, isn't it? Huge gains, you know. And for and one of the things we really want to try to highlight here is is the cost effective gains. You know, just little things like getting a, a, a properly mounted. Aero bottle um, between your handlebars. Um, thinking about those clothing choices. Thinking about if you haven't got aero bars, it's like that is like the number one. Get some aero bars on, and then you sort of got to got to work from there. But lots of little gains you can have, especially coming up to Christmas time. You know, like an aero helmet. or no, no, a slightly better, lighter helmet with some vents is uh, can can save you some big time. You don't need to necessarily go for the big big ticket items and get some big gains. You
0: could really gain about forty-five to fifty minutes, couldn't you? If, if, if you're starting from scratch with a really bad setup. If, yeah, if you've
1: got a piece of shit bike with poorly inflated tyres, yeah. rubbish tyres, no aero bars,
0: uh, yeah, there's some massive gains to be had. It's, interesting. it's a nice work, David. Yeah, and his website's Speed Freaks, isn't it? No, speedtheory.co.nz. Okay, there you go. So you can check him out there if you want to kind of find out. I'm sure he does offering services around that kind of stuff. Uh, one, two, three, four, high, high five. five. We've got a high five on the things athletes did well on Epic Camp, but also things people need to work on. And this is a, a generic one in terms of lots of previous camps.
1: So campers from this year, not picking on you well, wow. too much. Okay, there you are. <laughs> so first one um, that I love seeing at Epic Camp, and this has probably been highlighted the last two years more than any other year, is uh, the teamwork on the bike, the groups organising themselves, and if you're thinking about doing a little camp by yourselves, you know, you, you need to have some discussions around this. You know, the, the, the riders in the groups are not going to be equal ability. You know, when you go riding in a bike group, often, you know, you, you share your turns on the front, everyone yep. does an equal turn. But it's really important when you're doing these ultra sort of distance stuff that the stronger riders take a bit more responsibility and they spend a bit longer on the front and the weaker riders either don't go to the front or if they do go to the front, they're spending a relatively short time. So, you know, you you're trying to expend a reasonably even amount of energy. So that teamwork is really important from a, from a load-sharing point of view, but also in terms of helping athletes out on, on the tough times. You know, because I was driving the support vehicle, you can pick out pretty quickly on a day when an athlete's really struggling, and uh, time and time again, you'd see athletes sort of dropping back to, to ride with them and make sure they get them through. So that's point number one: teamwork on the bike.
0: Being timely, you know, we can all talk to this. Turn up on time, you schmuck.
1: Awesome. On this camp, we never started a session late. Um, everyone was on time. And it's just a sign of respect. Like, I disrespect Bevan most most weeks. <laughs> this <laughs> is what always creeps me up with John, because <laughs> if up. you want
0: to get John pissed off, turn up late. Yeah. You know, like, if you want to get John a bit vented, you turn up late. And he used to always go on about, oh, disrespectful people. Every week you turn up late. So that's my shit. So, str- so ultimately, <laughs> he disrespects me. So I'm being a bit of a hypocrite
1: there, but when you're on these group things... You've got to be on time. You just, you, if you're not, uh, you're disrespecting people a bit, but you're just starting the ride in a bad manner. If people are sitting there waiting for five minutes, they're ready to go, or 10 minutes, and especially if the weather's a bit shit, it's just...
0: Well, it's also it. the thing like with our runners, you do get those people who are just always late, and often they don't know what they're doing as well. Mm. So they turn up late, you've you started the run, they come to you, what am I doing today? And it's like... Mm. Do well, being you, timely... Do you
1: job- this group on this camp was awesome. Uh, number three. Number three. I love this. And this happened again really commonly the last two years. Tacking on just for the sake of it. get to, We've got that point system you'll have heard a lot about the last two weeks. Um, get to 170Ks. You going, I'm just going to do another 10Ks because I get an extra point to go for 180Ks. So tacking on for the sake of it was number three.
0: I would say having, having a system around making it fun. Yeah. You know, because people wouldn't have tacked on. Well, they might have because one hundred eighty is a bit of a moment. But but I know
1: um, one guy in on the camp, one of the older athletes, Steve Hirschberg. Um, he did a, uh, rode 210 one day. He just went out by himself at the end of a ride and just cracked on just for the just to do it. Yeah, like he wasn't going to win the points competition yeah. or anything like that. But it's just. A but nice if you are sitting in camp
0: for you and your mates, you know, having some stuff where you have got a bit of fun, you mm. know, where it encourages a bit of motivation, or a bit of bit of competition. You know, all are pretty light. Okay, number four. Shammy creaming the shit out of themselves, yep, you do need that. <laughs> and this again
1: from a support point of view. You know, I didn't really see it too much on the first day because I think people do the chamois cream before they come out and they're kind of quite discreet about it. I distinctly remember the second to last day we're going from a place called Tiarna to Queenstown, and. Athletes are just standing in front of me and like just chatting. They'll have a handful of chamois cream and just shoving it straight down their pants directly in front of me. Uh, Get it on. So, if you haven't done this multi day stuff before, you've got to start early with the chamois cream. You've got to put plenty on and you've got to keep it rolling on there because your butt takes an absolute hammering. Well, one of my
0: EPIC camps, I had a really bad experience with it. I just was, it was just like not good. Mm. And I think I had to get some kind of treatment cream for it as well on the camp. And the problem is, like, the camp camps are so hard. And when you've got this kind of overwhelming kind of just presence that's so annoying to you while you're mm. in it, like you're trying to ride on the side of your seat. Mm. And luckily I got on top of it, but it was definitely, consumed me for a good two or three days. Absolutely. So go hard on the chamois cream. And this uh, this year,
1: athletes did really well with that. Number five, last one on the positive side of things, athletes taking it one session at a time, one day at a time. Uh, and it's really important when you're doing these sort of camps that you don't get too far ahead of yourself because these athletes are racing most days doing some sort of event maybe not 100%, but they're going pretty hard, yep. and all they're focusing on is doing that bit and worrying about the next day when it comes around. And normally you get up the next day and you might be a bit stiff and it takes a while to get going, but just taking it one session at a, at a time, one day at a time, and that's really important as well when it comes to racing point of view, that you kind of just stay in the moment. And you know, when you start at the Ironman a bike course or something like that, if you think about it in entirety, you'll pretty freak yourself out. Um, just think, right, I've just got to get through this first quarter of the bike. Uh, so that was another really good lesson for it that athletes hopefully learned from
0: the camp. And I think one thing that I'll add to that, and this is kind of one of Gordo's thing, but it's, is it was that kind of in the morning of, don't worry, don't think about the whole day ahead, just get started. Mm. You know, I remember some days at the Olympic camp where you're like, I don't want to get out of bed, mm. you know, and but you get on the bike and, and sometimes you become a lot of legend, you know, you just have these seller rides or runs or whatever. So, yep. okay, what are the things they need to work on, John?
1: Number one, um, being more efficient at your stops. So... I, we, we don't really have coffee stops on, on Epic Camps but we have, you know, stopping about every hour and a half to two hours or so there'll be an aid station yep. and that seemed to be one of the differences between this year and last year was um, for whatever reason, the days there wasn't much downtime yep. um, and the previous year we had a front group which had myself and Tyrone um, who's a good local athlete and a couple of other fairly strong, strong um, bikers and because I'm a bit of a boss and stuff, I just sort of boom, we come into an aid station and like we're fueling up, boom, yep. we're on the road. Yep. And what that does, it just gets the ride over and done with nice as as yeah. quick as possible and you've got some free time at the end of the day. This year there was a lot of other factors, you know, headwinds and things like that. Um But really try to avoid sitting down for long periods, having coffee stops, save all that stuff until the end of the day when you're completely relaxed. Because if you do sit down, you get up, you're a bit stiff again and and it's just hard to get going. So number one, being more efficient at your stops. Yep. Number two, communicating. And this is easier for me to say than it is for others, but giving and receiving feedback is little bit difficult when you come into a camp environment and maybe you don't know the people very well. and if there's people in the group that are doing, and I say this on the f- the first day of camp, if there's people on the camp that are doing things, they may not be aware that they're doing it, if they're surging on the bike or if I don't know if they're lapping the wrong way yep. or if they're just doing something that you know is not right. firstly if if you get that feedback, you need to be the bigger person just say,, "Oh, okay didn't realize that i need to learn from that and try to work on it um but also you kind of need to try to be brave enough to give that feedback yeah. and rather than have it hanging over you for for nine days and that's easy for me because again i'm sort of the boss of the group and you yep. can come in and and people kind of take it on board but for everybody else you try to have those channels of communication open so you can give and receive feedback
0: and with that, you know, obviously do it in a way which is just about trying to help, you know, mm. don't point the finger or, you know, think about the approach and how you're going to communicate the feedback because Th- some people... There's no will. need to drop an F-bomb and say... <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Because um, well, then you don't want tension. Yeah. You know, you, you know these camps... Because the thing about the camps are everyone's strident, tight and stressed. Mm. And, you know, so you want to be... You know, all want to kind of look after each other but, you know, sometimes you do have to give feedback and so it's in a way that's caring.
1: Okay, number three. Number three, and this is more of a comment for everybody out there know your 400 metre swim time and your 5K race time. So this is, I'm talking about a 400 metre maximum effort swim time and a 5K or maybe a 10K race time. So whether that be going to a park run and doing a 5K, a local 5K race, a 10K. Um, so this is not necessarily a criticism of camp athletes but before they come to camp they need to give a 400 metre time and a 5K time, their best, best possible effort. And whether it be camp athletes or athletes I start coaching, often no idea yeah you know? i was like really yeah. so for long course athletes you need to go and do some short course racing a for mental conditioning and and it helps you set up your zones and know what you're possible of do, to do when it comes to these camps i use it for, for handicapping and things like that but if you're listening to this and there's some running races coming up over winter go and do some and get stuck in and see how fast you can go and and use it as a bit of a building block. Often the first couple you do will be pretty rubbish and you can't sort of get that mental edge and get to that threshold you really yep. want to. Once you've done a few, you'll sort of find that level and it will help your long course racing. Plus it gives you some nice little measurable targets you can start working away at. Okay, then second to last, don't overfill the laundry bags. So when on these camps, what we do now, this is a tip for if you're having your own camp, Laundry is absolute nightmare, yep. and so you've got thirty-five people, and you're trying to do laundry, and you've maybe got two washing machines. Nightmare. So we have uh, everybody brings along little those little mesh laundry bags. Um, the, the the wetsuit bags tend to come flying opening. You know, the ones with the drawstrings. Yep. So now everybody brings the ones with the zips on them and stuff. What they do is overfill them and then you're thinking this bag's packed nothing in there is going to get clean because they stay in there the whole way through the wash so don't overfill your laundry bags take several laundry bags rather than just one and lucky last didn't see much of this on camp may well have been happening but i may just not have seen it is if you're doing these multi-day camps is try to look after your hamstrings in particular so I always try to and I'm not always the best at doing this but try to stretch my hamstrings throughout the day at the end of the day because that's what's often going to tighten up and that's what's going to give you some some back tightness and soreness so try to keep up some mid-riding hamstring
0: stretching. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, you didn't get that rent here. I was a bit disappointed. Yeah, people love a rent. You haven't had a rent in a while. I haven't. Oh, you're too happy. You're just getting all, all chirpy. Life it is comes around here, whistling. Life know? is good. Okay, John, let's go. Wanger <laughs> of, the of the week. week. And I'm going to say, well, we're not going. to no, know we're not going to do Wanger of the week. Was that? Because Strava is temporarily unavailable. A is it going to be working for me? Is it just unavailable for you? Mm. Uh, it's unavailable. Sorry, Wanger of the week. Try again next week. <laughs> You're all wing winger to us this week.
1: Okay, let's go John swim set. What did I do this morning? Today I did, we did 600 warm-up where we were repeating 150 freestyle, 100 metres IM. So I repeated that four times through. Four times 100 bands only. Marie Hill, special mention. She's sort of in our little group, two-thirds of the way down the line in terms of swimming speed. Bands only. She's so like, gassing us all, completely gassing us. Mm. So four 100s bands only. Uh, then we did a main set of three times through, four times 50 fast, and we were doing them on the minute, so we're getting about 20 to 25 seconds rest, and then 300 steady. So four fifties fast, 300 steady, Four fifties fast, 300 steady, um, three times through. And then we had 100 easy, and then we did 450 metres of hypoxic breathing. So we do 50 metres breathing every three strokes, 50 metres breathing every five strokes, 50 metres breathing every seven strokes. When you haven't done seven-stroke breathing for a while, it's a little challenging. Uh, And then warm down. Do you get uncomfortable?
0: Sorry? Do you get uncomfortable or is it more just...
1: Oh, yeah, you get uncomfortable. You're losing your breath. Yeah. Yeah. Totally.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So that was today's swim set. You're welcome. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually gonna go right to the pool after this. Good. yeah, I love it. I love, it. I love, it. I love a swim step from John. Uh, invention's coming out in New Zealand. What's the, what's We're, what's this tease? You're well, doing? it's just a tease. So look out for if if you're for triathlons.
1: Yeah, if Obviously. if you if, if you if the number one rule in triathlon frustrates you a what bit. What's the number one rule? Drafting. Uh, look out for an, an invention coming out this week. Well,
0: that's, what's all this about? Well, we'll release it next week. Uh, are we going to talk about it? Are we? Yeah. Uh, you haven't told me what it is. No. <sighs> film the outside there you go okay let's say thank you to our
1: sponsors Uh, okay World Triathlon Store being to win a $200 voucher I've got got
0: patrons first see
1: you 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 threw me no you went ahead I know
0: you said thanks to our sponsors Okay, okay patrons Steve the storm dead honest Daniel you have a chill in my heart, Stuart. Oh, I like that one. <laughs> yeah, I think you came up with that one. <laughs> I like that one. And Owen the Sledge Master Hughes.
1: Oh, John, let's do our sponsors. Yes. Go to World Triathons or go to IamTalk.me, click on our store, get yourself some gear with that promo code AeroSanta. And if you become a patron of our show, you're in the draw to win a $200 voucher or a refund if you make any purchases. So got- support the boys and get some cool gear.
0: Uh, Profile design
1: hydration, wheels, storage, aero bars, stems, handlebars. Uh, check them out, profile-design.com. And uh, yeah, having listened to David Bowden, I'm sure there's a few little uh, innovations you
0: guys can do. Get some gear. The Magic 5 custom-fit swimming goggles. You Go yeah. to magic5.com.
1: Yeah. Now, I was not swimming in my Magic 5 goggles this morning. One of the things I really noticed uh, a big difference was just my peripheral vision. Oh, really? The Magic 5 goggles, you just... It's not like you see what, more. what are those little frogs where the eyes go in all the different yeah, directions, yep, the, the, oggy, uh, the froggy eyes. But there was a big difference that I noticed this morning was oh, I can't really see out the sides quite as much. So um, they are custom made. They don't, they don't leak. Um, and they're reasonably priced. Reasonably priced. Yep. Uh, so you, when I last checked, uh, New Zealand dollars, about 200 bucks for three pairs of goggles. So roughly US 50 bucks a pair. Um, so check them out. They are very good. magic 5com Now we've got a winner.
0: We're doing a prize draw today, today, John. So what are they going to win? They're going to win some Magic 5 goggles. Oh, there we go. And
1: the winner is Paul the Swindler
0: Tuck. There we go, Paul Tuck.
1: Now yeah. one thing I'll say about Paul is he's one of our original patrons so when we first started doing this we had like a it was like a $4 a month voluntary subscription before we started our patrons program a few
0: people signed up to that and Paul was one of them so he has been in for the long haul Oh, we appreciate that Paul you're a blimmin legend yeah nice work patrons are a really important part of the show so if you want to become a patron go to www.iamtalk.me go through the patron process you you give your ultimately just supporting the boys putting the show out each week but at the same time we do some gifts you get us a cone every couple of years so thank you to all the amazing patrons if you want to get Show, email to you, same page, down the bottom of the front page, coaching, coach.com. my podcast, com other content, let's go to gmail.com. tell me about the pants.
1: Oh, the pants, so Saturday was shopping day for me, it was what time to upgrade the time wardrobe. fashion. Yeah, I'm a bit of a- Once a year, smash it out kind of shopper? Uh, if you're lucky, I'm a bit of an environmentalist when it comes to clothes, I'm a needs-based huh? clothing person, I don't want to just I do I do have a bit of fashion. Yeah, I, I do don't. upgrade my fashion um, But, I, but I, my clothes Always get passed on Yep You know yep. So so I'm a bit of a stickler I don't want too many clothes um, But it was time For an upgrade And I needed to go Reasonably hard I came home with Two pairs of pants How much did you spend What was the budget How, how, how much there was, there was no budget I was in need, so I needed two pairs of pants I needed a couple Of new t-shirts
0: A jersey And a pair of shorts I think something Porto like has A five t-shirt policy mm, Or something like a, that i got get a few more than five I think maybe more than but five I've, But he has sh- a number That if you're going to get new t shirt T-shirt, one's got to go.
1: Yeah, I've got, I have struggle with the, the throwing out process yep. or passing on. T-shirts, I'm, I'm all in for recycling all the other gear, but T-shirts, everything they
0: go on, they on my T-shirts. Uh, okay, uh, so wait, so so what was the budget? What did you end up spending?
1: Oh, uh, maybe five, six hundred, something like
0: that. There okay. was, uh, was some good specials here. Where'd yeah, um, nice. you go, Dressmart? No,
1: Barker's. Uh, oh, he's a classy, boy. Boy. Do
0: you know there's a, there's a Barker's at Dressmart? Okay, yeah yeah, yeah. no yeah. I'm not a true
1: smart shopper two uh, It's too, too classic this it's, it's kind of like the cheap store, so I needed two pairs of pants, I need a pair of jeans, got a nice pair of jeans, I Needed a pair of kind of going out sort of pants yeah, yeah. and Going to Barker's. Yeah, that's all right. I'm not getting those bloody sh- sh- short-ass ones that go halfway up your calf. That's muscles. fashion, John. I said, I knew that. I've got those, some. Bevan's got some of them. <laughs> I'm not getting those. <laughs> Bloom just said, no, you're not getting those. <laughs> that's fine. You're not getting them. That was my pants story. It was pretty short and sweet, but I was not getting those. But well, they weren't short and sweet, apparently. Yeah. God, I yeah. look like an idiot wearing those. No, you don't. You look fashionable, John. But then I've got to get a new pair of shoes to go with them and stuff. I can you like, show a bit of skin. Mm. Girls like skin. Mm. Oh, they love the skin. So that was uh, that was Saturday. It was oh, so good having a kid now who's fourteen, and we can just leave them at home. We just we went out all afternoon. We had a cheeky little afternoon drink on the strip, which is our sort of bar well, district. It's not, tri- it's
0: not the strip anymore. It's the terrace. Oh, the terrace.
1: Yeah. yeah. Had a, had a couple of little. Christchurch little, is becoming
0: cool. Mm? You know, like when the quakes happened, Christchurch got destroyed, and it was pretty horrible. But in some ways, Christchurch almost needed the quakes because our city, our inner city was a dog. There was kind of a couple of little spots within it, but the rest of it was a bit of a dog. Mm-hmm. And it's been 10 years, but it's now becoming a really cool city. And we never really had inner city living, whereas it's kind of starting to happen now. So with more people living in the city, there's more infrastructure, more kind of support around that. And so I think another five, five six years, maybe 10 years, Christchurch is going to be pumping inner city.
1: We went to, it was a nice afternoon, We went and had a drink at this place got a little bit annoyed when we walked in because we kind of walked in. And it was like a terrace place and they had some seats outside yep. and stuff. And there was just a couple of vacant tables. We just plonked ourselves down there. It's reserved. And uh, there's no reserve sign. And the maitre d' comes over and goes, oh, sorry, it's reserved. And they've got a table just along here. And we go, oh, okay, we'll go there. That's fine. And somebody else came in behind us and did the same thing. And he, he was, oh, sorry, it's reserved. Yep. Buy a sign. Uh, you buy a sign to start with. And he moved them along. We think, the theory is, you leave the vacant table there, and everyone sees a vacant table right by the entrance. Uh, they think, "I'll come in." That's a good strategy. And they, oh, sorry, that's reserved. And so that was our strategy. We th- we think that they that's just actually, did that. It's wise. It Worked. Mm. The service was absolutely shizer as well. Oh, which, name and shame. I can't actually remember. It was it was just somewhere on the the terrace. Mm. But the food was good and the drink was good when we eventually got it.
2: Mm. Mm.
0: So that was my sad day, Bevan. So uh, and then yesterday I was. We've, nice. got friends, we've got friends, just going back to that kid thing with the babysitting, we've got friends who have got five kids, mm. now, uh, two, nine, 18, 21, mm-hmm. one's 15, but he's, he's got a couple, he's, he's not all, well he's not all there, he's just, he's, he's, yeah, he just needs help, um, and then they've got two young young'uns, mm. so they've gone from this place of having people to look after their kids all the time, mm. and in about a year from now they're going to lose their babysitters. Mm. So they're going to be back to being the parents of just young kids again. Oh no! Yeah, and it's going to be really interesting for them because I've just for the last ten years I had teenagers to be able to look after the kids, so they had quite a lot of freedom, and now they're going back to that kind of mm. yeah. So don't want to go back back step. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sorry. Uh, you, uh, and then yesterday I was organising a local duathlon for primary school kids it was a new, normally a mass event like a thousand kids and this year they had to restrict it and have four groups of a hundred but it was good to be out there and, and seeing the kids racing parents were very appreciative
0: are you saying oxman get more people because like telpole and it's being that's a moving
1: target at the moment <laughs> oh you're not sure if it's I've, I've, I've sold out for my half man, but i can only have a hundred people but it's like oh i've got a yeah
0: is there a way you can have 200 yes just what two different start times
1: uh, and I've got more than, I've got like about three, 400 in the whole event. But what about You've got to split things into 100. Yeah, there, there's, I think I've, I'm sure I think there's I've demand. come out of The way. There is, I've got a wait list that's getting
0: ever big by the day or yeah. growing increasingly by the yeah, day. Yeah, you'll get, you, your job's to get people there, isn't it? Mm. John, I went to um, the Carlton. Right. Caught up some friends on Saturday night. and it's a pub. Uh, What's that? It's a pub. Yep, but it's yeah. also got a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, normally I'll get a steak. Mm-hmm. You know, A steak or chicken I like my yep. chicken meals Sometimes uh, A bit of a What's the pork With pork belly Yeah Don't know if they all, but, but they had ribs Joe's normally the rib person But she was mm-hmm. She wasn't And no, they said ribs 500 grams Or a kg of ribs kg of ribs That's a lot Well I thought well, to myself So many bones Yeah I didn't realise I was short ribs Right Which means It's a shitload of meat Yeah <laughs> And when it came out, OMG, I've never seen ribs so big in my life. That was like, massive. And I was like, oh, I ate one. I was like, can I do two? Now, problem for me, John, is I like a challenge. Oh, yeah. You know, so I ate a kg of, basically it was a kg of meat. Yeah, beer. And, oh, it was good, but oh my God. I was going home, lying, lying on the couch, hands on the tummy. No dessert for you. Well, I did actually have a strawberry <laughs> sundae. Oh, Because go. Joe got a meal that wasn't filling enough, so... And, and Joe maybe drunk. Oh, well she wasn't drunk, but the one thing we'll do is because sometimes Joe doesn't get enough in dinner. So we'll maybe just stop at home on a Burger King on the way home. Yeah. So she got a veggie burger on the way home, and um, I, got, I had to get a sundae. <laughs> got a strawberry sundae. <laughs> do, do you have a stro- Do you like a strawberry sundae? No. Caramel. Oh, st- I, really I like, like caramel as well. Love a strawberry. Sundae. What's your favorite ice cream?
1: Uh, again, it'd be salt caramel or something kind of oh, Really? Oh, yeah. Something ice with black cream, cream. Some nuts or
0: something. I tell you a guy at the gym. He's a guy at the gym called Alistair, who's a bit of an icon at the gym. He, pre- mm-hmm. Alistair's this guy who's been the member forever. He's written out every workout he's ever done. Nice. So, like, if you go and he's he'll show you. He's got like mm-hmm. a, like books and stuff. And he's this guy who basically will go on, like, think of the push pull machines. Mm-hmm. He'll go on it, put on the highest resistance, mm-hmm. like 20. And just grind it out for an hour, or <laughs> and he used to put towels around himself because he's sweating yeah. and stuff. He'd break, he break every machine basically. Yeah. <laughs> he's not good for the gym. He'd eat a two liter of, of ice cream every day.
1: Oh, that's not healthy. No, not at all. Mm.
0: But to look at, he's a healthy man because he exercises mm. so much. But yeah, two liters a day. It's gonna get you one. It's gonna get you somewhere. Some sometime, yeah. it's gonna get you. You can't pull off two liters of ice cream a day. Mm. So anyway, right, John. Let's wrap it up. I'm Russ. I'm Mendo. Train hard. Train smart. Que